We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to week 11 of football heaven, or as we like to call it, the East Feast, where we talk about the best division in football, the NFC East, where no team in this division has a losing record. As Queen said, no time for losers. John, coming off Monday Night Football, you have to be pretty excited. How are you doing this evening? (laughs) I am very excited. Oh, man, I am like, I told you pre-pod that, you know, I wasn't super excited going into the week and I was kind of downplaying us. But as soon as the game started, every bone in my body was incredibly excited to hopefully beat Philadelphia and to just put a, a bow on our season. If it's the last damn game we win, we just stole the joy from Philadelphia of of going undefeated. And that just made me so happy. <laughs> A fantastic game. I'm sure all you guys know what I'm talking about. The Washington Commanders ended the Philadelphia Eagles quest for perfection with an upset victory on Monday Night Football. It was not without controversy, though. A few plays, John. I just want to throw these plays at you. I got three or four of them, and I want you to react and and tell me how you feel. First of all, I wrote down here, Jalen Hurts, still a dog. He had an interception. Derek Forrest had an interception early in that game went right through A.J. Brown's hands. It was a dime Mm -hmm. of a pass. Later in the game, Jalen hits Quez Watkins on what should have been a touchdown, but Quez Watkins is afraid to catch the ball with his hands, so he goes to the (laughs) ground. He fumbles. You guys recover it. So a couple turnovers there, not on Jalen Hurts, on on the others. He goes to the ground, but then gets stripped. Yes, gets stripped. Um, I got Dallas Goddard circled here, who uh, a clear face mask that that was missed. Absolutely. uh, not a not a, a dirty play in the fact that Goddard, I believe, hurt his shoulder on the play. Dallas Goddard's going to be out. He's on IR. He's out at least yeah. a month. Um, but that's a fumble the, the commanders recovered. And uh, a stat, though, that has nothing to do with luck. It, this has to do with the skill and dominance of the commander's running game. When the third quarter started, the commanders were obviously winning this game. That was the first time this entire season the Philadelphia Eagles had trailed in the second half. It was due to the dominance of the commander's running game. My my game ball goes to both Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. A great job establishing the run by Washington. For sure. Yeah, I mean, so you mentioned, the, I mean, those were most of the controversial plays. I feel like there was probably one or two um, more that you could add on to that. Um, man, it was nice to see some of that stuff go our way because a lot of times Washington fans, I know, feel like stuff like that doesn't go our way. Yeah. Um, but man, 
just some of those plays, the Goddard one, you definitely kind of feel a little bit bad about because clear face mask just completely missed it. Davis was kind of wrapping him up and also kind of got his hand caught. Like it wasn't a deliberate penalty, but the injury didn't come until the second hit. So Davis kind of had him stood up. Second hit comes in. That's where the injury occurred, I think. But that's also when the ball got jostled and, and he fumbled. So great play by the defense to kind of gang tackle there. You hate to see that it had to involve a missed penalty, but otherwise, um, yeah, the, the strip was gold. That was just like dagger in the heart watching Quez Watkins catch that. Cause it just brings back <laughs> yeah. so many bad Deshaun Jackson memories <laughs> of him just torching us for 80 something, 80 plus yep. yard field touchdowns. Um, but the AJ Brown one, I mean, yeah, kudos to, uh, to, um, Forest. to Jalen that wasn't a bad oh, throw okay. it was yeah. yeah like you said eight went basically went through AJ Brown's arms um and and kudos to Forrest for making a great play on the ball defense eight I appreciate you giving the game ball to um to the running game but I would have to say that yes the running game did well um and that two kind of um two-pronged approach with the two of them and mm-hmm. getting both of them in the mix with a ton of carries worked. So I would almost say kudos to Scott Turner for finally staying with the run because we didn't average call. much more than three yards per carry. Brian nope. Robinson was slightly better than Antonio Gibson, but sticking with it and getting the chunk plays when needed on the run game, I think is what allowed us to kind of do what we did offensively. I saw that you guys were 14 for 16 on third down. Very impressive. But I believe 10 of those third downs were either third and one or third and two. So what the commanders did is they stayed ahead of the chains. They got yards on first and second. And then third down, they're just putting the ball in B-Rob's stomach. And, I mean, we talked about Damian Pierce being a violent runner at the past couple episodes. Brian Robinson is physical. And Dude. he showed that Antonio Gibson also ran with the ball very hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice because that was the first game where I felt like both of them put. Um, and I think that's probably why, you know, from from your perspective or from anybody's perspective, the run game looks so good because the two of them both did the things that they're they're separately good at. Right. B-Rob fought for yardage. There were some plays mm-hmm. where George texted our group chat about him just dragging a cornerback for like five, <laughs> yeah. six, seven more yards and taking piles of people, two, three extra yards on each carry. But then Antonio Gibson gets the ball in space and can really make stuff happen. So it was fun, man. It was it was the first fun game of the season for me to watch. I get that there were a lot of issues with the penalties. Obviously, the most controversial that we didn't even mention yet was the one that kind of finished uh, the game or put the, uh, the chop on the game, which was Heineke. You know, we're backed up in our own territory. Heineke kneels to keep the clock running. And then gets hit after he's down on the ground. Yeah, it's a ticky tack penalty, man. But like, it's a penalty. So Brandon Graham has to know better. Brandon Graham is is a former Super Bowl champion. He's a veteran. He has to know not to do that. And I think he was pulling off. I don't think he he, you know, he was absolutely wasn't going full speed. You know, right? And and just hitting a player who's down on his knees. But it's a penalty, man. Like you said, you got to know better. I mean, ticky tack, but. That, that penalty locked it in for us, in my opinion. For sure. It, it was a, a strange game for, for Philadelphia. Like I think Miles Sanders had like two carries in the first half. Like Why why are you guys going away from your bread and butter yeah, of the that, running game? That was weird. Um, And th- I, I think coming into the game, I think the Eagles were either plus 14 or 15. 
and the turnover battle. And like second place in the NFL was plus eight. The Eagles have been dominating the turnover battle so much. That's been their key to starting off eight. No, you guys win the turnover battle. So obviously the first time Philly loses it, they, they suffer their first loss. Uh, But I think in a way, not only is it fitting for an NFC East team to to beat them. I know we all love that, but for Philadelphia, um, as Jalen Hurts said in the postgame press conference, and I, and I hate gushing over this kid, but but I really do love him on the field and and off. Or he talked about how for sure uh, hung, hungry dogs run faster, and some dog sometimes when the dogs are fed, they don't they're not acting as aggressive. So maybe this is going to refocus this team because if they would have gotten to 12, 13, 14 and zero, much like the New England Patriots did before David Ky- Tyree caught a pass on his helmet to end that attempt at nineteen and zero. You get so caught up in in the undefeated streak that that you lose focus. That every week you're just trying to go one and zero. So sure. I think if Nick Sirianni can refocus his troops, this can just get them motivated again instead of yeah. maybe just reading their own press clippings. Yeah, I think so, man. Because I mean, if you look at the score, you know, if you take away that, obviously we had the last touchdown kind of on the hook and ladder play. So Casey really, Tuhill, <laughs> George's boy, it was uh. <laughs> It was so really it was 26 21, right? So the game, the score looks a little bit more lopsided than it, than the game truly was. And, uh, yeah, you know, I was saying off, uh, at the beginning before we jumped on the pod, um, I, I honestly think we play that game 10 times and we probably lose nine, (laughs) eight or nine out of 10. Um, so any given Sunday, man, it's difficult in this league to go undefeated, right? That's why it's only been done one time and that was in a, sub 16 game season. Right. So 14, 14 and 0 in 1972. Yeah, right. Exactly. So it's, it's a difficult thing to do. And to your point, I think that looking ahead to the Colts uh, this week, which we'll talk about later, obviously Sirianni is going to have his boys fired up and it can almost probably be a good thing to, to drop yeah. a game. Yep. So you don't want to yeah. see a division game, obviously, but of course. And, um, Obviously, this game left a mark on the Philadelphia front office because of the dominance of the aforementioned uh, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. And the Eagles have their stud rookie DT, Jordan Davis, on IR. What do they do? They go out and sign Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue, two veteran defensive tackles. Yep, they got two hog mollies, as Jay Ludz loves when I say, (laughs) to plug up the middle. And I think that just adds to the nasty that is the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line. You pair those guys with Fletcher Cox, um, Josh Sweat, Javon Hargrave, Robert Quinn. I mean, you got fresh body, so we'll talk about it in a little bit. But Jeff Saturday, you might want to return to your job at ESPN because it's not <laughs> going to go well for you this week. <laughs> but let's uh, let's finish up uh, pre uh, excuse me recapping week ten, and I want to talk about the New York Football Giants coming off of a bye week. They get, um, I guess we could say, an, an easy opponent, the Houston Texans. But the Houston Texans are the best one-win team I've ever seen. They they play hard. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the Giants come away with the victory here. Uh, in this game, to me, it's, it's all about Saquon Barkley. Uh, I think he had 35 carries. 35, dude. 35 yeah. carries, 152 yards. They totally rode, uh, uh, excuse me, Saquon's, Saquon's back in this one. And... I'm happy for the fantasy owners like of like yourself of of Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley to see his performance, but I I worry for Saquon coming off of two injury riddled seasons. Are is that too much workload? Like it's it's only 
November 17th. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. Everybody knows the NFL is two seasons, pre and post Thanksgiving. This league is about to get a lot more physical. For God's sake, they just had to move the Bills and Browns game to a dome because it's snowing so much in the Northeast. Like yeah. the weather is getting colder and, and, and the joints are going to start to stiffen. So I hope they give Saquon a breather this week. But he wasn't alone in his efforts. Guys, Daniel Jones, a 153. Point three quarterback rating. Number one in the NFL this week was an efficient 13 for 17, had two touchdown passes. Uh, one of them was a beautiful 54-yard touchdown to Darius Slayton, who's mm-hmm. been operating as the Giants' number one wide receiver. I know he's not flashy, guys. On most teams, he's probably a number three. On other teams, he might be a two. But guys, if he's floating around on your waiver wire for my fantasy guys, and you got maybe this week you got Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill on a bye week, he gets targets. So so look for Darius Slayton. He's got like three straight games with double digit fantasy points. He's he's impressed me as well. And Dexter Lawrence again wreaking havoc um, in the backfield, giving uh, Davis Mills a long day at the office along with uh, Leonard Williams. And the coach of the year, Brian Dable, coming off of a bye week. We talked about it, John. Good coaches win off of a bye week. Brian Dable is a good coach. The Giants are in second place at seven and two. How, how do you feel about him? Yeah, man. I mean, you 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 just kind of summed up that game really well. Um, Thank you. And like you said, I mean, Houston being a one and seven, one and seven and one team, um, they're definitely competitive. They've put up some some good, you know competitive games against what are essentially all all better opponents in the NFL. But man, New York put a, put together a pretty good game here. Yeah. Uh Daniel Jones don't toot his horn too much. He was 13 <laughs> for 17, right? Yeah. Like he didn't have to do anything too crazy because he had Saquon as you mentioned. They were freaking riding the shoulders of Saquon to that victory. Um yeah. insane. I definitely agree with you that like how much workload is good for Saquon. Um this early in the season because he's definitely put a lot of tread on the tires already. Mm-hmm. But he remember him coming out of Penn State, man. I mean, soft tissue injuries are obviously a little bit fluky, right? They're not something mm-hmm. that you can say guys don't just constantly experience soft tissue injuries. Um, yeah. But uh, I, coming out of Penn State, he was that that's what he was, right? I mean, he was an every down back and he's proving that he can he can continue to be that even coming off of two two injury season. So, um, man, Dable is just leading these guys, dude. They're seven and two. You couldn't, I don't think any giants fan would have imagined that this is where they would be this far into the season. So, um, it's really cool. Um, we've got, we still have to play them twice. Uh, so, um, you know, I I don't know how those games are going to end up. Um, so I'm excited to play them just to see kind of the litmus test, Right, that might be one of the only opportunities we really get to change the the power rankings this year. Oh yeah, um, so we'll see. You know, um, when it comes time, but Giants look good, man. They're rolling. They've got their identity that we all you know didn't didn't know for sure if they would find this year, and, and it's Saquon Barkley. So keep keep rolling it. He's incredible. And uh, I apologize to the listeners. Uh, we're going to talk about the Houston Texans again in about 15 minutes <laughs> because they're playing another NFC East opponent. and they, they they just can't seem to leave the podcast. I mean, hey, at least Damian Pierce, dude, he's still a good story. 17 carries for him, 94 yards. He looks good. He's he's a monster, and you got and and the, and the commanders defense will have uh, have their hands full. And uh, it, it is kind of fun though because like the Eagles have have already beat the Texans, 
The Giants obviously just beat the Texans. Now you guys get your shot, and the Cowboys play them in December. So we all get our little uh, merry-go-round. We we mm-hmm. kind of lucked out here um, in the NFC East because we all play the AFC South, and the Colts are struggling. Clearly, they just hired an analyst as their coach. The Texans are the worst team in football <laughs> record-wise. The Jaguars are getting better. I'll say that. Doug Peterson has them yeah. playing better. And the Tennessee Titans, I th- I'd say, are the clear favorite in that division. But I would say that they're a good, not great team. So so we are lucky uh, that that's the division that we play. Super lucky. But we knew that coming into the season. So Yes. And that's why we all have the soft schedules that we, we love so much. Uh, let's, uh, let's finish up our Week 10 recap with America's Game of the Week, where Aaron Bleepin' Rodgers is still the daddy of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I feared this, and I really did believe the Cowboys were going to win this game, but in my heart of hearts, I, I just had a bad feeling because of the, you know, the, the previous playoff experience that, that Aaron has always been the dagger in the heart of the Cowboys in the last minute with the Dez catch, the Jared Cook catch, and now I guess it was Alan Lazard who caught the the final pass to get them in field goal range. But really, this mm-hmm. is all about the rookie from North Dakota State, Christian Watson. Welcome to the NFL. The guy only had four catches, but he had over 100 yards, and three of those catches just happened to find Pater. He scored three touchdowns. He had a rushing touchdown earlier in the year, but guys, this was his first three career receiving touchdowns. Uh, unfortunately, Anthony Brown was getting burnt all day, getting beat like he stole something, and then he got a concussion um, to have the cherry on top, so he left the game. So we're thin at corner, and it, it just wasn't good, but as much as you would probably, if you didn't watch the game on TV, you'd say, oh, the, the rookie from North Dakota State is the reason that the Cowboys lost. It really wasn't. It was what we predicted last week on the podcast. It was the running game of the Green Bay Packers. The Dallas Cowboys have a clear weakness. We have an amazing pass rush, and we have a good um, secondary. We cannot stop the run. the The addition of Sheldon, um, of excuse me, um, was it Rankins? Who do we who do we even yeah. get from the Raiders? Yeah, r- the addition of Rankins did not help. Aaron Jones George, ran all George over had a good us. Chuckle about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Yeah, we love you, George. And uh, Aaron Jones is doing beast mode as he dives into the end zone. He had a great game. He had over 100 yards. A.J. Dillon was pounding us physical. And it, we, it, but because of that, the Cowboys, their defense was gassed. Uh, I've been taking shots all week from Kostum P.D. Kontodiakis because I am a Dak Prescott defender. But John Dak Prescott throws two t- two interceptions, excuse me, one of them in the end zone. Uh, they're both picked off by somebody named Rudy Ford. First time yeah. I've heard about somebody named Rudy playing football since you know Rudy <laughs> Rudiger at Notre Dame. But good for good for Rudy Ford to have two interceptions. And it's, was, I, but, I think they mentioned in the broadcast he was like a practice squad player too, so that doesn't yes. make you feel much better. No, it makes me feel bad, and and I, and I still love Dak, but but the stat that came out this week on the herd, which is just jarring is that Dak Prescott has a passer rating right now of 43 in the third and fourth quarters. That is the lowest passer rating in the second half of NFL football since Tim Tebow. Was it third so, and fourth quarters, or was it third and fourth down? Oh, you're right. Thank you for correcting me. That that makes a big difference. Yes, third and fourth down. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. Dak Prescott's passer rating, 43, the worst since Tim Tebow. 
and we all love Tim for you know the the person that he is. But let's just be honest he he wasn't good at playing quarterback in the National Football League, and neither yeah. is Dak Prescott right now. So, John, I don't know. Tell it's me something that's going to make to. tell tell me something that's going to make me feel better about my quarterback and my football team. I wish I could, man. No, uh, <laughs> I I will say toot my own horn a little bit and and pulling a stat back from uh, from last week that um, my stepbrother told me about was the statistics about the Packers and Aaron Jones getting involved, man, it's like 16 or 18 touches. I can't remember exactly what that number was, but their, their record when he touches the ball more than that amount is Mm -hmm. staggeringly good. Um, and they got him involved, man. I love Aaron Jones again. One of my favorite players in the NFL 24, uh, for one thirty eight on the ground and one touchdown. And then he adds another 18 yards, um, on two catches. And then, like you said, they have the, the second um, AJ Dillon that is just a ground and pound guy too, and he put down um, another sixty five yards against y'all. Jesus, so yeah, these guys are averaging over five yards to carry. And you mentioned you guys got Damian Pierce coming up again, right? So y'all got to mm-hmm. do something to shore up this run game if, if that is in fact, um, w- you know, y'all's weak spot, y'all's Achilles heel. I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, I watched a good bit of this game. Obviously, I watched the end of the game, but the pieces that I watched just, it it felt like Dallas was in control for a large portion of the game. So I'm happy that you mentioned obviously the run game kind of faltering uh, or the run defense, I should say faltering. And also Anthony, uh, Anthony Barr just getting torched by Christian Watson, because I was going to ask you like what, what fell apart here? Because Dallas looked to be in control. Mostly. You guys ran the ball. Well, I think what it was, was, I have to admit a little bit of Dak Prescott turning the ball over and putting our defense back on the field. I think they were exhausted. The another stat that, that has haunted me all week, guys, my John can tell you, you can't see me. My eyes are heavy. They're baggy. I haven't slept. Well, the, the Dallas Cowboys in the history of their franchise, guys, by the way, my hat says the football team started in 1960. They're, they're about as old as my father. They, they have, a record of 195 and 0 when leading by 14 points or more entering the fourth quarter. Now they're 195 and 1. That we were oh my up gosh. 28 to 14. The fourth quarter starts. CD Lamb, the much maligned CD Lamb, who I always seem to have something negative to say about, has 11 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Played well. It, well, yeah, and it, guys, I, I, I need to to walk back some of my comments. I looked this week on NFL.com. CD Lamb is top ten in the NFL in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. The kid's having a season. So, CD, I apologize to you. CD's having a game. Zeke is out this game. We missed his physicality, but Tony Pollard, hundred fifteen yards rushing and a touchdown. We're running the football well. Dak has three touchdown passes, not to mention the turnovers. But, but we're um, Dalton Schultz gets in the end zone. We. we we desperately need another weapon. Michael Gallup, you can tell, is not well off of his ACL surgery. We already talked about the Odell stuff. Maybe um, James Washington can come off the IR. We signed Antonio Callaway. I don't know who it's going to be, but we need some more juice at the wide receiver position. But there was stuff working for Dallas, and I don't know if it's Dak's turnovers. I don't know if, if it's the poorest run game. But this feels to me, unfortunately, like your classic Dallas Cowboys team, who right now, as we sit here a week out of Thanksgiving, 
is a is a playoff team. And I believe when we're looking at the playoff picture, when the, they start in um, 2023, the Cowboys are probably going to be, if not hosting a playoff game, they're, they're going to be in the wild card round. And something is going to happen like it happened on Sunday. <laughs> there's going to be turnovers. There's going to be Anthony Browns. And we're going to go home in the first round of the playoffs. And it's going to be a bunch of controversy. And people are going to want Dak to get cut people are going to want Mike McCarthy fired people are going to want Jerry Jones to, to you know relinquish some power and it's just going to be a, just more drama and it's it's why I love the Dallas Cowboys because <laughs> they never give us a a lack of of things to talk about but but you, you guys know, are just all you guys are always right there though right so yes. I mean it's like at least you're always in it you know yes that's very true that's very true but but they, they can take obviously the be frustrating yes and uh because of it I was considering moving them to number three in my power rankings, but I'm not. I'm I'm keeping despite the Giants holding second place in the division solely at seven and two, and the Cowboys being at six and three. I still think the Cowboys are better. I think they'll prove that on Thanksgiving. I think we sweep the Giants. We will talk about that game next week. But um, obviously, the Eagles, despite their loss, are still number one. The Cowboys, I'm going to put at number two. The Giants are the best third-place team in the history of the National Football League, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. And the Washington Commanders are the best last-place team in the league. At 5-5, five and five, the Commanders right now are a half game out of the wild card. GVR are, GVR, are you there, sir? Can you hear us? Okay, before we just got done with our Week 10 recap. We're, I just did my power rankings. I still got Eagles 1. I've got Cowboys 2, Giants 3. Commanders four. Do you agree with that? That's a tough one, man. That's a tough one, B. Oh, man, I could easily swap. You want to put the Giants? Swap. Giants at two? I'll, I'm going to go ahead and put the Giants at four. Giants at four? You like the Commanders? You are. <laughs> I like, I like the, the Does, man. I do. I like the Commandos at, at three. Um, I think we have some momentum going. I think. The, the Giants, I don't know if the last, what, three or four weeks, you know, I don't know if they have a winning record. doesn't look great for them. Yeah. Uh, there's a long there's a long season, man. It's a long season. We, so we, I'm going to go ahead and put the Commanders at three and, and the G-Men at four and the boys at two. Okay. And then obviously the Eagles at one. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair. And you guys are going to play the Giants two times in three weeks in a couple of weeks. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if your theory is correct. I know that you're busy. I know you're at a work event. Um, is well, there let me any... ask you this real quick, B. Okay. Heineke or Carson rest of year. If you guys continue to hover around 500, as we, as I just said, you guys are a half game out of the seventh wild card spot. If you guys for the remainder of the season are within a game of striking distance of the playoffs, you keep Taylor Heineke in because I yeah. think the team plays harder for him. Okay. Agree. I totally agree. Absolutely. Um, George, I know you gotta you gotta go here. You only got a couple minutes with us. Do you want do you want to talk about the Monday night game at all, or do you want to maybe talk about your feelings as you guys get ready to play the Houston Texans? You know what? I I, I think I'm I'm obviously very happy about the Monday night game. Yeah. I I think that you know we played the brand of football that we've always wanted to play since the get go. It's exactly what we want to do. We want to run the ball. Yep. We want to uh, take up the clock. You know, time possession has always been our thing, to be honest with you, even going into last year, B, I think I mentioned time of possession several times, yep. even after losses. 
I, I, I really think that's that's our go-to. I don't think that's the right thing or wrong thing. We're not a Chiefs offense. We're not going to be able to throw the ball downfield, get up big chunk yards, nothing like that. We're, we're three yards, four yards, out of dust. And we're going to continue the, the clock running. If we can continue to do that, we can win ball games. And that's why we won that Eagles game. Now let me get to the Texans game. I think the Texans are not a bunch of scrubs like everyone else thinks they are. I think they looked pretty promising in the beginning of that Eagles game. Yeah. And honestly, there's an, a, a very good chance that the Texans are in this game and they could possibly beat us. But do I think they're going to win based off the momentum we have going into this game? No. I think that we're, good. we're definitely going to 100% go into, um, uh, I guess, week, what that be, week 12 over 500. Yep. And I think at that point, you know, any anything goes, dude. I think the wild card is, is, is for us to take at that point. If we do beat the Texans, uh, we have a lot to go. I, I told you, I believe, in a text message, the Eagles are playing a, a, a tough uh, schedule the next, the next five, six Correct. weeks. I could see them easily going three and three. Uh, you know, the Packers are there. The Titans are there. There's a lot of good players there. And I, I honestly, I think anybody has a chance to win the East still. Still. Do you believe in that? Do you do you think that, or do you think the Eagles are done? They got it. I think right I don't now. Know. Am I crazy in thinking this though? Like I don't know. I don't think you're crazy. I would say right now, I would give the Eagles a seventy percent chance to win the division. Okay. Yeah. John, what about that. you? What's your percentage yeah. points? Jordan, yeah, I think I would agree with that. I think I would John's, agree with that. John's about where I'm at, um, but I think. Also, what's what's almost as entertaining as perhaps some of these other NFC East teams gaining ground on the Eagles, we'll look up the stat after the pod and maybe bring it on next week when we do our Thanksgiving episode. When's the last division in pro football, or has it ever happened, where all four teams have got to the playoffs? Uh, yeah, that's pretty wild. We're, George, that's a, that's a real possibility right now, my friend. Never happened. It's never, it's never happened. I saw them in the wild card chase, and I kind of knew they might be in it. But when I saw their actual like logo in the wild card yeah. chase, I almost, like, it put a grin to me. Like, was, like, <laughs> Holy shit! Like this is still a possibility. That's so wild. And like knowing that the Giants are, you know, I have a great record. You know, obviously the Cowboys and the, and the Eagles. But seeing all four teams in that little, you know, diagram that they always show when it comes to the playoffs, yeah, it was entertaining to me. It was, it was like, you know, this is why we do the pod, dude. We love and it. Guess what? Be you said this from the get-go, from last year, when you said, hey, I could see every single team being competitive in this division and being competitive to get to the playoffs. And guess what? Where are we at now? Let's go. We're here. We're here, dog. We're here. <laughs> you got any final thoughts to leave us with? Final thoughts, man. You know, I'm not going to talk too much politics here with, with the whole Snyder situation, but... Um, you know, I'm, I'm really believing in my team right now. I feel pretty promising. I wouldn't mind going to uh, a commander's game whatsoever. I, I, I think the city's behind us right now. I'm feeling pretty good about it. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just excited for the rest of the year. I have a better perspective, and I'm just excited. I think John feels the same way. As much as we're all in the same situation oh, yeah. with, with waiting for the ownership change and things like that, it's still fun to watch our team play, uh, to build camaraderie, and to really build – you know, uh, um, you know, a team bonding in that locker room. You could tell by that locker room speech by by Ron with his mother passing, yes, and by and by Terry having his back, and just everyone getting excited, like blasting Meek Mill, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, versus them, like that was really cool to see. I, I just, I'm, I'm really happy with the team. I can't wait to watch them again. And uh, yeah, man, I can't say enough about that victory and about the future of the, the Commanders at this point. 
Awesome, George. Well, I know you're busy. I think you have four jobs. You have three Instagrams. You, you have a wife. You don't have kids yet, but I know that you're. I know that you're busy. Uh, I'll always make time for the feast, baby. I'll always make time for the feast. All right. Well, Thank hopefully, for at least putting me on. Of course. Uh, hopefully, we can problem. get you back yeah. in studio to talk some Thanksgiving football next week. For sure, man. Y'all, 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 y'all eat some turkey. Y'all eat some stuffing. Enjoy y'all's family. Everyone listening, man. I really enjoy it. Uh, having y'all listen, and we really appreciate you guys, no matter what. We appreciate you, brother. Love you, man. We'll talk yeah. soon. All right, bro. Love you, too, Later. Later. All right, John. Well, George fired me up. We're starting week 11 talking about the Washington Commanders. Absolutely. And I want to talk about a guy that I I apologize to Commanders Nation. I didn't mention him in the Week 10 recap. Scary Terry McLaurin has reestablished himself as a number one wide receiver. This guy is a dog. Every time, for every ounce of effort I see Terry McLaurin put in on the football field, he gives more off the field. His post game, he seems like a a quiet guy. I feel like if I saw Terry McLaurin in a restaurant, he would quietly give me a handshake and, and say we can take a picture. But he was he'd be low profile. But after the game, I mean, Ron Rivera is firing the team up, of course, and rest in peace to his mother, as George said. But but Terry McLaurin fires the McLaurin fires the team up pregame. Fires the team up post game. He's a leader. He wears the captain for a reason. And I did, I don't. I, I know the Texans have uh, Stingley. He's a rookie cornerback. They drafted out of LSU in the first round. He's yeah. playing very well, but he misses a lot of tackles. Yeah, he misses tackles. So I think if if if, if Terry McLaurin catches a twelve yard dig route, Derek Stingley doesn't wrap up. I've got Terry McLaurin as um, a solid wide receiver, too, in fantasy this week. I, I know I got him in my lineups. I suggest you guys get him in yours as well. And this game, to me, uh, the Washington Commanders are c- coming off of their biggest momentum of the year, beating uh, the undefeated rivals. And now, guess who's coming back? Perhaps their best player mm-hmm. and, and, and leader, Chase Young, is going to get activated, even if he is someone who they want to ease into game action. They only put him in the game on, you know, third downs and pass rush situations. Just his presence in the locker room, to see him with pads and a helmet on, is going to fire this team up. Taylor Heineke, just play within the offense. Scott Turner, continue to run the football. Use the recipe that silenced Philadelphia and do the same thing to Houston. I've got the commanders winning, I'll say quietly dominant, and give them a 24-17 to 17 victory. How are you feeling? Yeah, man. Uh, you almost took the score right out of my head. Um, no, <laughs> George was spot on, man. George just did like such a great job summing up, I think, the vibe of Commanders fans right now. And I keep yeah. talking about um, you know, the, the duality of a Commanders fan because you have to split – the ownership issues and all the off field issues, you have to compartmentalize that and then also cheer for your team. Right. And I think a guy like McLaurin, like you just mentioned, makes it so much easier to do that because yes, Terry is everything you want in a player. And he's a wide receiver. Typically wide receivers are divas and are kind of me, me, me. And to your point, he leads the team off the field just as much as he does on the field. And I can't even imagine if he if we hadn't re-signed him and this was his last year, I can't imagine what this year would have been. Like, I don't see him doing, I don't know, maybe maybe he would have just because it's his nature. But gosh, I'd have been pretty miserable thinking about watching him walk um, mm-hmm. after that fact, you know, just because of the guy that he is. And uh, flip side, you're talking about Chase Young. 
he's doing a lot of off-field stuff while he's been um, injured uh, and, and rehabbing. He's constantly on the sidelines. They're constantly showing him in broadcasts. Always has a fat dip in, though. Love that about him. Uh, Love it. But he's always rooting on his team. He's constantly hype. He's always a level 10, especially when things are going good. When things are going bad, he's right there on the sidelines to to talk with, you know, the rest of the defensive line, I'm sure, about what they're seeing, what they're running. And he's fired up in the locker room. He went live after the win. He was just hyping the whole team, man. He's yeah. He's the kind of he's the energy you want. I mean, he's a young kid and he's he's the stellar talent. I don't think he's been able to live up to his full potential. Obviously, you've dealt with injuries and stuff like that. So I know the team's really excited to get him back. I think that this is a perfect opportunity uh, for him in the defense to build on the win uh, that we just got in Philadelphia. And I agree. Uh, we've got to go back to time of possession. To George's point, he's so he's at a thousand percent correct that that was when we were dominant with Alex Smith um, at the helm, even with Terry yes. uh, that year, um, and then the year prior. Those are the games that we won. The games that we were able to control, the wins against the Bucks that were surprised everybody, shocked everybody. Those were uh-huh. games where we were able to kind of impose our will through the run game and then allow Heineke to just you know pull some of the st- magic stuff out of his hat. Um, and I think as long as we lean on that run and lean on Terry McLaurin, we shouldn't have any problems, um, with the Houston Texans. I, their run game doesn't scare me. We did plenty to stop Philly's run game. Damian Pierce, I'm sure we'll get a couple of his, um, like that's just bound to happen. Right. But as we mentioned last week, and I talked about St. Juiced, uh, he's playing better. George loves him sending the juice box emoji and it fires me up. (laughs) Um, he's playing really well and I think he's going to continue to grow. He's still handsy. Like we talked about, um, and he had, he had a, uh, a big, one or two big penalties. I can't remember in the Philadelphia game, but I think he's just getting better every week. So that, that encourages me. Um, Brandon cooks hasn't really stepped up in his, in his first week back. He had had like a paltry, like five for five yards, literally, I think. So there aren't many offensive weapons outside of Damian Pierce that really scare you with the Texans. Um, Dougie Davis mills somehow came up with his stat line was actually fairly impressive. Um, I think he threw for almost 300 yards, surprisingly. Um, wow. Yeah, against the Giants. I don't know who the hell he's throwing it to, but I don't see that happening. I think yet, somebody I think named Nico, Nico, oh, Collins, Nico Collins, a rookie. Nico Collins. Yeah. yeah. No, but so I, but I'm not, uh, to my point, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I think that the, the, since the departure of William Jackson, the third, uh, the defense has gotten better every week. Uh, kudos to, to Jack Del Rio. Um, he definitely turned it around and, I'm not worried. I think the defense handles the, the Texans. And I think, like I said, you stole the points right out of my mouth. I'm going to say, I'm going to go one, one less 23, 17. All right. Commanders. So we, we got the commanders. I think that would, that would make them uh Jay, Jay Ludz will, will come on and tell us the point spreads here in a little bit, but I believe that would be, um, that's going to be a cover. Yeah. Washington's favored by three points on the road. And it's kind of funny as we, as you and I and George talk about, the uh, excitement that Taylor Heineke injects into your franchise and the leadership of Chase Young. The last time I got this vibe about the Washington franchise, they were called the football team and they were about to host Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in a playoff game. This and they played Tom Brady very tough. And, and that Tom Brady team happened to win a Super Bowl. So it's like, I, I, I just think it's fun if we can just, just put all the off season, off field, excuse me, stuff aside right now. 
and just talk about the 53 guys in that locker room led by Coach Rivera. I think think, think (laughs) that this Washington team isn't going anywhere. And they could sit at the bottom of this division, but they're not going to sit at the bottom of the wild card race. So, So stay tuned, Commanders fans. And now let's uh, let's move on to the second place team in this division, guys. You might hear George put them fourth and me put them third. Maybe John will put them somewhere in the in between. But but guess what? Right now they're seven and two, and they're in second place, and they're hosting the Detroit Lions, who although Detroit is coming off of a very nice win, beating their rival Chicago Bears, they're still the Detroit Lions. And I love Dan Campbell. He instills a lot of emotion in that team. But let's be honest, they're three and six. I think they won maybe two or three games last year. So they've they've won six games or less in the past two years. They're they're not the best team. Uh DeAndre Swift, one of their better players, continues to play banged up. He gets limited action. I do like the uh, they they rotate in uh Justin Jackson and their lead back is Jamal Williams. Um and Jamal Williams is a good back. If you got Jamal Williams on your fantasy team, continue to to use him as an RB2 or, or a quality flex play. But other than that, really all they have to rely on is Amon Ross St. Brown. He's a he's a great PPR wide receiver. And their defense has a few young studs. Anzalone, the uh the long haired white guy reminds me uh, a little bit of sunshine. And, uh, of course, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, the rookie first-round pick out of Michigan, he's a monster. He, he the, the impact he's having coming out of the Big Ten as a top-five pick reminds me of the impact that Chase Young had a couple years ago coming from the Ohio State. So uh, I, I think Detroit, as always, shows up to play. They're not a team that gets blown out, but they are a team that tends to lose close games. So this game, to me, is just Brian Dable over... Dan um, Campbell. I just think the coaching advantage that Dable has on his staff um, and the assistance as well with Mike Kafka on offense and Wink Martindale on defense. I think the Giants get the job done here. But I, th- I give me a, a Graham Gano, who's a fantastic kicker. The Giants kicker, Graham Gano, give me a walk-off field goal. And I'll say 24-23, to 23, the New York Giants going to Thanksgiving at 8-2. and two. How about you? Dang. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I'll, I'll, I won't bury the lead here. I definitely think the Giants do pull this game off. Um, I think the Giants and the Lions, you would think if you if you watched Hard Knocks or if you know anything about Dan Campbell, that's that's what he wants. That's he wa- that's what he wants their M.O. to be is win hard, gritty, you know, yep. smash mouth football games that come down to them being the victor on the final score, right? They'll outwork you, blah, blah, blah. I think quietly Dable has has kind of built that same kind oh, of yeah. moxie in, in this Giants team because they're not uber talented. And now, to your point, same as the Lions. Now that they've gotten, they let uh, Hawkinson walk, they're both, neither of these teams are super talented offensively. They're not, they're not uh, to, to the point George made about the commanders before. They're, these teams are not, the chiefs they're not slinging no. the ball all around the yard so i think it's going to be another run heavy game which is what you typically are seeing with these giants games um and yeah to your point with jamal williams he's another one that i love because he used to play with aaron jones uh, yep. with the packers and the two of them together were just amazing to watch and hilarious but 
comedy. You you would like to see DeAndre Swift back in the mix and be playing healthy, but it is awesome for them that they can rely on Jamal Williams because he's played well. I, I Googled it while you were talking because I saw that he was out uh, today or yesterday with an injury. Or not, uh, mm-hmm. thought it was an injury. It was an illness. So he's okay. fine. He'll be he'll be in the game. Um, so this will be another grinded out win, I think, for the Giants. Um, I like your call with the Graham Gano late kick. Um, but the Giants are minus three, three. Uh, three but they're fakes. at home. So we talked about a pre pod. There, you know, Vegas is basically saying this is a pick'em game, and I think yeah. that's a, a pretty good way to look at it. Um, I'll say Giants. I think maybe the Giants put up some put up some points this week. Uh, I'll say the Giants twenty seven, Detroit twenty four. 27-24. I think that's a good call. Yeah, no, that Detroit defense has a tendency to give up a lot of yards and a lot of points. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I could see another huge game out of Saquon Barkley. Maybe, though, we can limit his touches just a little bit, get Matt <laughs> Breda, Matt Breda involved, um, and, and let some of these Giants wide receivers like like Darius Slayton make, make Danny a few Dimes plays. Let Danny it around a little bit. Yeah, let Daniel throw a few <laughs> interceptions. It'll be fun for all of us. <laughs> all right, now let's talk about the team that is – I think I've, something I've heard a lot in this this week in the media was, were the Philadelphia Eagles exposed by the Washington Commanders? I don't think they were exposed, but I think you guys gave the blueprint to the rest of the NFL how to beat this team, and that's to to run the football. George had a great comment um, in the first quarter of the Monday night game that that Philadelphia crowd was silent mm-hmm. because you guys were, were, were sustaining these 16, 17 play drives, picking up you know third and ones. And the Indianapolis Colts, they can run the football. Uh, Quentin Nelson, one of the best, if not the best, offensive lineman in football, is paving the way for Jonathan Taylor, who uh, welcome him back to you know the, the the reason that he got drafted number one overall in most fantasy football leagues. He had 120 yards rushing, and congratulations to Jeff Saturday, who who left the uh, Sports Center desk at ESPN to be the. <laughs> the head football coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And he uh, reinserted Matt Ryan as the starting quarterback and pounded the rock with, with his best player, Jonathan Taylor. And they beat the the Las Vegas Raiders. And I, I know that surprised a lot of people, but it didn't surprise me. Most of that just because the Raiders are, are going through a lot over there um, in, in uh, Sin City. But, but I, I think the Colts, they're rallying right now. They played above their, their heads, for Coach Saturday because people love him. I mean, he was yeah. he's uh, Peyton Manning's center. He's uh, I, I think that much like uh, in in baseball, uh, a lot of times catchers will become managers because they oversee the game. Jeff Saturday was a center, so they're like they see the game at a different level. So I think him being such a football guy, being a leader of men, and being around Hall of Famers like Marvin Harrison and Edgerrin James, of course, Peyton Manning himself, and getting coached by by uh, by Tony Dungy. Like that that gave him the pedigree to step in to to the job. I, I don't think he's the long-term solution here. And I to be honest with you, I think the Colts get exposed for the frauds that they were last week. I think the Eagles are going to play motivated. As Jalen Hurts said, I quoted him earlier, Hungry dogs run faster. I expect all of those dogs on Philadelphia to run a lot faster. I think A.J. Brown was nicked up. I think he got hurt early in that game, although he played yeah. through the injury. He wasn't himself. Yeah. 
Devontae Smith got in the end zone, though. I'm sure Quez Watkins is hungry after uh, he gave up a, a costly fumble we, we spoke about earlier. And the Eagles defense, you know, welcome Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue um, into the fold. Let's get those guys playing time immediately. And uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson has five straight games with an interception. He leads the NFL. He's this year's Trayvon Diggs. Leads the NFL in interceptions. If it's not him, it's going to be big play Darius Slay or their other fantastic corner, James Bradbury. I think Matt Ryan is in for a long day. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't be surprised if Sam Ellinger gets his job back. Matt Ryan plays so well. (laughs) I think the Eagles go on the road and show us all why they were the last undefeated team. I got Philly to destroy the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to go Eagles 33, Colts 17. Yeah, I'm on the same page with you, man. I literally wrote down as I was kind of just doing some notes real quick pre-show. Poor Colts are going to suffer the wrath (laughs) of a freaking pissed off Eagles team. Yep. Because, uh, you know, as much kudos and, and, uh, you know, bell ringing we did for Washington, there is a part of all Eagles fans and players that feel like that game was kind of stolen from them, I'm sure. So they're going to be ready to go in and play their, play their tails off. So I think um, as, as big against the commanders, the Eagles offense didn't play terribly, right? I mean, there were some gaffes that kind of hurt them in the game, but they did what you would expect them to do. And I think they're going to continue to play very well. I think the impact uh, in this game coming up is what you kind of mentioned at the end. Matt Ryan and the freaking Colts have a ni- minus nine turnover differential. Ooh. And you mentioned in the recap, Philly uh, is typically on the positive side of their turnover oh, yeah. differential. So I think the the Eagles defense should feast here um, against Matt Ryan. So yeah, uh, it, or Sam Ellinger for that point. Um, the Jeff Saturday magic, I think definitely wears off here. You mentioned JT. I, this game and and week one, I think, were kind of outliers. If you look back at his stats throughout the year, he's had an uninspiring year. I don't know uh, why they don't lean on him very often. Like maybe like Saquon Barkley esque, right? You would think. Yeah, he's only had one, two, three, four weeks with twenty plus carries, dude. Strange. I mean, the next closest to that is sixteen. Yeah, and they and they traded their number two running back, Naeem Hines. So you would expect right. him to, to get all, so, the, all the carries. Yeah, and I mean, so you mentioned the Eagles bring in some reinforcements, but even without those reinforcements, JT hasn't been the same. And I think that they would sell out to stop the run, having full confidence in their DBs. I think these DBs, um, that you, the the safety you mentioned, the free safety, uh, CJ uh, Gardner-Johnson. Stud player, dude. He's playing out of his shoes right now. So I expect to see some turnovers, like I said, from their defense. I expect Bradbury and Darius Slay to feast. Um, I think Philly will be just fine, and uh, they'll have a nice, nice bounce back game here. Um, you said thirty-three to seventeen. Dang man, you mean you were like right on the same page with all these games. <laughs> I got to change mine up a little bit. Um, so I think the spread was only seven points, though. It was so- seven. They're a touchdown favorite. Attempts me to want to make it a, a closer game, but I'll say uh, Eagles 28, Colts 13. Yeah, so so yeah, we're we're both unanimous on on the East feast here that we got we got the Eagles to bounce back in in a, in a nice victory to go to nine and one and, and continue to be the the best team in in the NFC at least as as far as a record. If you want to say it's the 49ers, if if you want to say it's 
maybe the Minnesota Vikings, who I want to talk about right now. <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings, who have won seven straight games. They're coming off of, I think, what everyone agree with, the game of the year, an overtime thriller, where they went up, up to Buffalo and beat Josh Allen and the Bills. And, of course, what everybody's talking about is not only the catch of the year, one of the greatest catches of all time, Justin Jefferson pulling down that one-handed catch. My God, is that guy good at football? <laughs> he uh, he scares me this week. I, I have confidence in Trayvon Diggs because he held Jamar Chase in check earlier this year. And, of course, those uh, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson played together at LSU, very similar style of wide receiver. And last year when the Cowboys played the Vikings, Jefferson only had two catches for 21 yards. Trust me, guys, I'm not predicting Justin Jefferson to have 21 yards. If I had to guess, he's <laughs> going to have over 100. But I, I hope that we can just hold him in check because I think if he doesn't dominate us the way he dominated Buffalo, the Cowboys can win this game. And uh, a lot of pressure on my guy Dak this week. Not only are Costa and Petey going to have a close eye on you know every step he takes, Um an interesting stat. This is the third straight season the Cowboys have played in Minnesota. And our oh, backup wow. quarter backup quarterbacks, John, have beaten them each of the past two years. Two oh, years ago, no. <laughs> Dak Prescott broke his ankle. Andy Dalton went to Minnesota. Andy and Dalton won. beats the Vikings. Last year, Dak only missed one game the whole year. But some kid named Cooper Rush came in and threw for 300 yards and beat oh, the Minnesota no. Vikings on Sunday night football. So, Dak, can you do what your backups did so well? And that's beat Minnesota. I think you can, Dak. I'm trusting you this week, and not only my fantasy lineup, but in reality, I think Dak can limit his turnovers. He might throw one, guys. I, I know he's a little reckless at times with the ball. I'd like to see Dak use his legs, to be honest with you, a little more. Um, on that fourth down call, which I didn't talk about, horrible call for the, the Cowboys to go for on fourth down. They should have trusted Brett Maher. He, he, has, a, he has a big leg, but, but it's fourth and three, and there's nobody open, and Dak is just sitting in the pocket. Take off. I mean, he's not Lamar Jackson, but, but I think he could have, if he had he more confidence. Yeah, he can move. But this, this game to me is uh, hopefully the return of Ezekiel Elliott. Although I, I want Tony Pollard to continue to operate as our number one running back, having the physicality of Zeke and the blocking ability uh, of Zeke, I think it is big for us. He, he's also a leader on this team. And the Vikings, although they've won seven straight, they're eight and one. Their only loss is to the Philadelphia Eagles, the best team in football. On this seven-game winning streak the Minnesota has had, they've came from behind in the second half in five of those seven games. They're living on the edge. Although Dalvin Cook had 100 yards rushing last week, 85 of those yards came on one play. Yeah. Um, Christian Derisaw is a rookie they drafted out of Virginia Tech last year. He's a left tackle. He surpassed our guy Andrew Thomas on the Giants as the highest-graded tackle in all of football. Mm. Guess what, guys? He suffered a concussion against the Bills. He hasn't practiced oh, no. yet this week. So if Derisaw doesn't play, expect a big game out of either Micah Parsons, our rookie Sam Williams, um, Dante Fowler, Demarcus Lawrence. One of these pass rushers for the Cowboys is going to feast. But if Derisaw does play, I expect Kirk Cousins to be protected. But Kirk Cousins also threw two interceptions last week, much like my guy Dak Prescott. So I'm hoping that Trayvon Diggs 
can get a pick. If not, maybe one of my safeties, a J. Ron Curse, Don, uh, Donovan Wilson, Malik Hooker. I'm calling you guys out. Anthony Brown also got a concussion. He's going to be questionable in this game. But Cowboys defense, I need you guys to sure up that loose run game. Dan Quinn, I think you should be our head coach. I'm such a big fan of Dan Quinn. I, I hope that in the install of our defensive game plan, we're going to focus on shutting down Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. They, they have two good running backs in Minnesota. But for some reason, Vegas, I can't figure it out. Maybe Ludz has it. He'll tell us in a minute a, a reason why. Why are we favored in this game? Minnesota's got a better record. They're at home. But if Vegas says we're going to win, I say we're going to win. I, I think some of that for me has to do with the fact that Minnesota's coming off such of a high. They're due for a letdown. And we're some hungry dogs who just got embarrassed on national TV. So I like the Cowboys to bounce back, get a huge win. But I think this game is tight. And I think this week we lean on Brett Maher to kick a late field goal to give us a 26-23 to 23 victory. Come on, Cowboys. Yeah. Well, man, what a matchup, dude. In two weeks yeah. back-to-back, the Cowboys have... The premier matchup, not in not only in the division, but you know NFC, maybe the league, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, there's only a couple other matchups last week that you wanted to watch, and now I'm really excited to watch this one. Like you said, with the Vikings being eight and one, um, <laughs> there's so many people, uh, talking heads, I should say, um, on all the different networks that are still kind of trying to figure out if these Vikings are fugues or not, right? Yeah. Um, they it's. I think some of it comes from Kirk Cousins, right? Um, no one has fully bought in still to Kirk. I feel like there's like that, like, and and from a Commanders fan, I completely get that. Um, but I just think that with Kevin O'Connell, he's he's got full confidence in Kirk Cousins, and I think that Kirk has full confidence that Kevin O'Connell has full confidence in him, if you know what I mean. Yep. Um, so your Justin Jefferson problem, tr- honestly, Trayvon Diggs might be is might be your the least of your worries. I'm sure he'll be fine when he's lined up against him. But one right. of the things that they've been successful doing this year is moving Jefferson all over the field. Um, so Jefferson obviously will be a problem. The keys to y'all's game is definitely like we've talked about the last couple of weeks. It's stopping the run. And man, it's going to be tough to do so with that with that one two punch um, of Cook and Madison. Um, oh, I can't believe one and a half points. So you guys, are, man, you guys are road favorites. That's wild. You guys have to get right. So offensively, you guys are going to have to come out and put up points to win this game. Um, because with the firepower that they have, we talked about it earlier. They added Hawkinson. Um, yeah. I think on the flip side, you guys are going to have to put up points. Dak's going to have to lead the team. Obviously, you always want to limit the turnovers, but he's going to have to make plays uh, either with his feet or down the field to C.D. Lamb. I think Tony Pollard will be just fine. Do you know the status of Zeke? Are you guys planning on him being back? He's been a limited participant, and they're being real close to the chest with it. I I would say he may be a true game-time decision come Sunday. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think uh, you guys are probably going to be in a position where Dak is going to have to make something happen. And gosh, yeah, that's like poetry right there that you're talking about. Like the fact that his two backups year, the past two years, you yeah. know, instead in his stead while he's out, come in and beat the Minnesota Vikings. And now it's probably out of the last three years, the best test 
of a Minnesota oh, yeah. Vikings team, obviously, right? Um, man, this one's hard. I've been playing it with the back and forth in my head uh, while you were talking because I know pre-pod, I was, I was feeling the Cowboys with you, and I've, I've kind of been flip-flopping in my head, but I, I think I agree with you. I think with the line being so close, it's Vegas telling you something, and I think what you mentioned before, the Cowboys coming off of that heartbreaking freaking loss, they've got to unify. Yeah. Right, they've got to unify with that. Dak's going to lead them for a late score to win the game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it closer than, than you have it be. I'm gonna say twenty four to twenty three. Game of the week all day. I know Tony Romo and Jim Nance will be there, guys. This is four twenty five on CBS. It's going to be um, a, a national broadcast, much like that Packers game that they got the highest rankings of, uh, of the year as far as um, TV viewers. Can't wait for this one. Uh, Two guys I wanted to point out before we we uh, go to Vegas with Luds. Earlier in the pod, I, I called him Sheldon Rankins. He's on the Jets. Jonathan Hankins is the Hankins. disappointing, <laughs> disappointed defensive tackle that hopefully can can uh, use that uh, inner tube of a stomach of his to to plug up a, a run hole or two for me. And uh, Patrick Peterson, a veteran corner on the Minnesota Vikings, two interceptions of Josh Allen last week. One Ooh. of them in overtime to seal the game. Dak. Be careful when you're throwing at number seven because that guy <laughs> has made a living of uh, intercepting careless quarterbacks like Dak Prescott. So, so be careful, Dak, and 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 I hope that we're right and the Cowboys can can get on uh, the winning side of football and keep up with with the Eagles and, and Giants. Uh, but but let's finish up the show strong, guys. Jay Ludd's still having some internet issues. We're hoping to get him back in studio this uh, next week. But last week, he's coming off of a winning week in the NFC East. He was 2-1 and one to bring his record to 15-17, and 17, tantalizingly close again to 500. <laughs> and guys, last week's upset parlay, Jay Ludd's called Cardinals over Rams and Vikings over Bills. That upset parlay would have won you plus 300. Let's see what he's got for us this week. Week 11. Welcome, boys. Here to bring my picks. I apologize. I am out again and have to send this voice memo, but I'm always bringing the heat. So first game, boys, I want to go over the Dallas at Minnesota. Dallas favored a point and a half because they should be. I am taking Dallas. Let's go. Minus one and a half, 21-17. How about them Cowboys? I like them in that game, guys. Uh, I think Minnesota coming off that big win. Coming off a big high, I think Dallas with that tough loss, um, I think is hungry. I think hungry to get in there and and, um, and beat Minnesota this week. So, yeah, I like that pick. Uh, next game, Philadelphia at Indianapolis. Philly's minus seven on the road. Philly, uh, or I'm sorry, Indianapolis looked a little better last week. They had uh, Jeff Saturdays, the new head coach, Matt Ryan, back in there, and um, they won a game. I think they're coming off um, an emotional win. Philly coming off a tough loss against your uh, Washington Commandos. <laughs> we'll get to that, but yeah, I like uh, I like Philly minus seven this game, guys. I think um, I think they take it. Uh, I'm going to go 24-13 on this game. I like uh, I like Philly minus seven. Uh, next game, Detroit at the New York Football Giants. Giants are favored three points at home. Um, you know, give me Detroit this game, guys. Whoa. I'm taking the upset. Detroit plus three. I like this game 23-21. Detroit. Next game, last game, Washington at Houston. Washington's favored 
or I'm sorry, they, yeah, they're favored by three uh, on the road. You know, Houston, like I said last week, they're a tough team. They'll play you hard. But, uh, yeah, I like Washington minus three. Um, 24-13, Commandos. So, yeah, I got I got the Commandos winning and covering. I got Dallas winning and covering. I got Philly winning and covering. But I do have the Giants losing this week. Detroit Lions plus three. My two upsets of the week. Tennessee Titans going to Green Bay, boys. Tennessee Titans plus three. I like that. Um, I think Green Bay is still a joke. <laughs> they won last week, but, you know, I'm, I'm still not impressed. Titans are six and three on the road. I think Derrick Henry's going to have a nice day. Titans plus three. I like the Chicago Bears, boys, plus three at Atlanta. Um, I think it's going to be a tough, tough-nosed game. I think it could be a close game. I do like Chicago plus three. Give me the plus three. Um, Chicago's offense has been looking a lot better. I don't know if you guys have been noticing. Uh, Justin Fields been slinging it. Mooney's coming coming around. Run it. They they love to run the ball. Defense is um, hit or miss, but yeah, I like that game, guys. Anyway, hope you guys enjoy your weekend. I appreciate you sticking with us. Appreciate our listeners. Love you, boys. Talk to you next week. We love and appreciate you, Luds, and I love those picks. John, what's the score of that Packers-Titans game right now? I was just going to say, we tried to, we tried to warn Luds once before about Thursday night games, but I'm pretty sure, I'm not a betting man, but I'm pretty sure you can't parlay a game once it's already over. I don't think so. What, what, what it, are the... <laughs> uh, it is... Oh, man, the score just went off. Uh, the Packers, I believe, are up. I think it's 9-7. to seven. Nine to seven, Green Bay. Okay, so yeah, we're we're about almost at halftime of that game. So we'll see if Ludge is right. I like. Oh, um, I'm sorry. No. I, I like six his. to seven. Six to seven. Titans are up. Titans are Titans are winning. All right, Ludge. So, so you're hanging in there. Um, I, I really like his pick on the Bears over the Falcons. Uh, Justin Fields has really found his stride, at yeah. least running the football. Cole Komet, their tight end, has come on. Um, I know Khalil Herbert, their backup running back, is out. So I expect David Montgomery to have a big day. And uh, he's he's going with uh, swallowing points with most of the East, but he's got Detroit as an upset. So that's I can uh, see that, little... man. I mean, it's good. we we all said you know they they have those close grind out games. So I think that might be a yes. good call by Luds. No, it's, that's a good call. And uh, and this this is going to be another fun week. Last week was was perhaps the most fun I've I've had watching this division, even with the Cowboys lost. Just just so many great games. And next week, we'll probably come at you guys a little early. I don't know if it'll be Tuesday or Wednesday night, but because the Cowboys and Giants play on Thanksgiving, we'll have the episode out before um, before Thanksgiving kicks out so you guys can get a little pregame before before you eat your turkey. Um, but but we appreciate all the listeners. George, I, I know you're out there working hard, and, and uh, we miss you here in studio. John, I appreciate you always holding it down, brother. I have so much fun doing this with you. Absolutely, man. And we appreciate all you guys listening, as always, to the NFC East. Beep.